I'm Mark Jarvis, uh, CEO of Giga Metals. Uh, we have a very large, uh, low-grade, open-pitable uh, nickel and cobalt and sulfides uh, deposit. And we recently completed a, a PEA that models nameplate capacity of 37,000 uh, tons per year of nickel with a 37-year mine life. So truly an immense uh, project. Mark. Good to see you. Good to it's see you. Well, we, 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 have, we have spoken at the interviewing panel, but what, that's, that's true. what a crazy couple of years. Yes. Have you been able to function and operate as normal? Yes. I mean, you know, most of this business is on the phone talking. So, you know, as you know, it's, it's, it's been a pretty easy pandemic for people that have money and, you know, uh, are able to work on the phone and online. I really feel badly for people that, uh, you know, don't have those advantages, but... Uh, yeah, well, what, what about for companies that haven't got money as well? They must be in an equal and, and similar boat. Well, you know, the capital markets are still open. I mean, you know, people are raising money. We've been raising money. It's, it's uh, you, you know, where it really uh, bites is in actual, you know, drilling operations. There's a labor shortage. There's uh, these supply chain issues. I mean, if a drill breaks down, getting parts. It's funny little things that mm. that uh, you know you know suddenly there's problems. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought the interesting thing um, about this year was the way that different companies approached you know changing operations because obviously some are operating in jurisdictions are a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. South America, mm -hmm. for instance, you right. know, really you know, COVID hit hard. Yep. You guys in Canada, you know, certain, certain companies suffering from say you know labor shortages. Increasing costs, yes. Um, delayed assays if, if people are drilling. So, Absolutely, but you've had to find workarounds, haven't you? You know, as best as you can. Yeah. But but as I say, the money's still there. The capital markets are still open, and that's mm. that's you know kind of the that's the lifeblood of a company like ours, isn't it? It is. Right. Those are those kind of general points affecting all companies. I want to talk about nickel. Nickel. We keep saying on our weekly nickel show we need all the nickel. We can we that are that's currently on display mm -hmm. and more. We need to find a lot more. Um, your project we've talked we've talked a couple of times um, over the past so eighteen months about what's going on. When you look back, what would you have done differently? I can't think of anything I'd do differently. It's it's you know you've got no choice really except with a project like this. If if there's money available, you drive your project forward. Right. And you you hope that the market will recognize what you're doing, and 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 so. I just find that it's a really fascinating time right now for someone with an asset like ours. So just, just to review, it's really big. Uh, the economics are marginal at the low end of nickel prices. But being, being what? Because I think when, we, when your PA came out, we, we said, 10 bucks, you've got a good project. You've got a project which is beginning, right. the economics starting to look good. It's been a strong nickel environment for the last year. It's about nine dollars a pound. Right. Now. Okay. Yep. So it's yep. getting there. Expectations are that that will continue to grow. It looks like the beginning of a super cycle sure. for but, nickel. But, but 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 just to put some numbers on it, um, at seven fifty a pound, um, which is where we ran our PEA uh, base case, mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a PV eight value uh, of negative, you know, four hundred million. Mm. At $10 nickel, that becomes about half a, half a billion. You know, this yeah. is all US and this is, you know, at a discount rate of 8%. At $12 nickel, it's, it's, it's well over a billion dollars. And it just goes shooting up from there. So it's right at that knife's edge in terms of economics. And, 
And so our economics are poor at the low end of the range, but our claim to fame is that if you look at the other 15 or 20 large undeveloped projects out there uh, of all types, sulfides, um, you know, and HPAL projects, our economics aren't as bad as theirs, which leads to an interesting question. HPAL projects are getting built. They, they are. This, this thing isn't built. They, they are. Yeah. And, and I want to come to that. But okay. I, want, I, want to, I want to stick about pricing. Obviously, Nichols had a good run of it. Okay. So you're doing a PEA at 750 is great. But you know, if we look, if we did a three year average, that's at the high end, right? So we, we all need to believe that the nickel demand, which people are forecasting, is there. And the question is, how do you play it? You're 43 million, 45 million market cap company today. You've had not a lot of options over the last two or three years. So it's a question of, how quickly do you rush into this? Because you've raised some money recently. Yeah, we what, raised some money in the spring and we spent most of it in the summer. And, right. And you know, we, okay. we, we shut down our drilling program about a month ago now. Yeah. So we did you know, a bunch of resource drilling, uh, infill drilling, yeah. geotechnical drilling, seismic around the, you know, wherever we want to do the tailings management. We, we, you know, we're collecting data to support uh, you know, the level of detail you need for a pre-feasibility as opposed to a PEA. So why you, why you, well, would you consider that rushing into it? Because again, you're not seeing that reflected in movement in, in perception or momentum in the market. You're off from when I last interviewed, 65 cents down to 50 cents. So people aren't coming with you, despite mm -hmm. the fact the nickel price is shooting up. So where's the disconnect? Uh, you know, you, you've probably heard of the Lassonde curve. I don't have, once yeah. or twice. Yeah, so so you know, I you know, I think about that and where we are, you know, in the Lasan curve. We're not a discovery play. You know, the drilling that we're doing is infill drilling. I don't expect any surprises. This is very much at the development stage, also known as the orphan stage. And it's an interesting time, you know, as you know, to look at as as an investor, I think, because uh, quite often during that long drawn out development stage, the stock price is quite cheap. Uh, but you don't know when things are going to change. You don't know when things are going to happen. And so what I do as an investor with a situation like this, if I like the asset, I'll, I'll pick an entry point and, and, and just, you know, close my eyes and forget about it because you don't know when the changes are going to come. Yeah, but that, that, Lasson curve, okay, great, I buy it. Okay. Famous Lasson curve, can't argue with it. Except I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> you know, 40 million market cap, you need a certain price to become interesting, become MPV right. five, six, seven, eight positive, right? And a bunch of dilution to come. So you're going to need to raise some more money because the, the, the money you right. spent this wasn't a lot. You raised what's just under 6.5, right? Yes. Yep. I don't know how much of that went in the ground. How much went in the ground? Uh, well, the bills are still coming in. Right. Um, but, but just assume almost all of it. Right. Okay, so de minimis GNA, most of it goes in the ground. Okay, so let, 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 let's let's say that's true. It's still not a lot of money that's gone in to no. provide, therefore, not a lot of information which can move this forward in terms of the PFS, right? Surely this is more about timing for you. Waiting, you've got to wait for the nickel price to do some of the heavy lifting before you start going out and raising more money. Well, you know, uh, it's an interesting conundrum because, you know, as you say, we've got a minuscule market cap and we've got a project that fully built would be about 2 billion US dollars. 
So how do you square that circle, right? Yeah. I mean, do you just keep diluting your stock endlessly to push yeah. it along? I mean, there's an argument, just stop. Just stop spending money and just wait for, for the now. market to yeah. come with you. For you now, know? yeah. There is that argument. Um, but I think how you square the circle is by getting strategic investors involved at the project level rather than at the stock level. And that's entirely our focus. And I can tell you that the mood has changed noticeably just in the last few months. You know, I think, you know, what, what people are starting to realize, what Western battery companies are starting to realize is that they're facing an existential threat because the Chinese have got their supply chain figured out. Yep. They've got their lithium figured out, they've got their cobalt figured out, and they've got their nickel figured out. And they got the money sorted. <laughs> you know, I mean, so they're building, you know, to get to 35,000 tons a year of nickel with an HPL project is about a $3 billion build. And they've been building these things with an internal rate of return pre-tax of one, two, three percent. Even, you know, you know, these are the successful ones. Um, like Ramu, for example. Mm -hmm. It's been 13 years in operation. I think they're getting close to paying out their capital costs. No Western company would build these things. And when they do their disasters. But um, what the Chinese get is a long-term supply of nickel at a price that they can predict, which is the cost of production. And so it's all about the cost of production. And value they can capture further down the downstream. Absolutely. I get it, but let's come back to you, okay? Because it comes back to, you said, you could argue the case, we just sit and, and wait this thing out. But you're sure. hearing differently. You're hearing Western, potentially strategic investors and industry partners are starting to get the fact that if they don't move quickly, they're going to be caught short. Is that, is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. I mean, if you just, just look at a couple of recent deals, uh, BASF um, mm. uh, you know, did a deal with Nor Nickel uh, for, yeah. for, for nickel supplies for a gigafactory in Finland. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good start. I mean, obviously, you go to the producer first, but BASF has ambitions far beyond that over time. Mm. And uh, there's not that much actual produced nickel around. Mm. Uh, um, you know, you know, Panasonic did a deal with BHP. Uh, they're building a gigafactory in Japan as, as a joint venture with Toyota. So they're getting nickel from Australia from BHP. Mm. Again, it's a good start. Um, and there are other uh, battery companies out there that haven't got anything figured out yet. And if they don't, they're going to be out of the battery business. So yeah, I'm just sensing, yeah, I'm just sensing a little more eagerness. Okay, so. Again, I just want to try and understand where you're coming at it. So you feel that the way to move this forward, because there's a massive disconnect between market cap, the amount of capex you right. need to raise, whether it be phased or not, it's it's going to be problematic. The multiples are way too high. So what are you actually doing about that? You obviously spent a little bit of money, say six million bucks in, sure. in the ground. It's giving you a bit more information, move towards PFS. But do you need to do a PFS? You know, my theory is, is that the more we de-risk it, uh, What's that mean, though? What's be... that mean for a well, strategic? Well, I think, you know, if you've got more advanced engineering with more detailed data behind it, right. uh, it does represent less risk. And I think it just means that at the end of the day, we're going to get more for what we've got. But do you think risk means different things to different people now? Because if, if I look at the Norant, potentially BHP, Wailu joint venture structure, I mean, wow, okay. Not sure what they're seeing that we we don't know at the moment, but we will come on to that in a second. But coming back to you, 
do you just need to raise money to go and get the data? Do you need is, do you need to compile it? Because a major or strategic is going to come in and go, we'll take your data, we'll do our own modeling, thanks very much. Sure. Uh, don't waste your money on a PFS or, or, or otherwise. So how well, are you Well, that's true of a mining it? company. Right, okay. okay. But that's not true of a battery company. We've even had calls from car companies. So you were thinking, okay, so it's a battery company. Well, you mean battery company when you say strategic? That's okay. one of the strategics. Right. You know, we're not really um, talking to mining companies. I think it's premature. Mining companies okay. want to see more data even than, than. So, so I think that's going to be the key move. And I, I sense, I mean, I don't guarantee anything, but I do sense that things are moving along rapidly. Um, you're familiar with Martin Vidor, president. Yeah, of course. Okay, so so he had a career at Sherritt, yeah, where he was selling uh, nickel and cobalt to end users, and, and 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 so he's got relationships established with all the strategics, and we also have Bob Morris on our board, mm -hmm. who uh, a week before he joined our board, he retired from Bali as as the senior vice president in charge of worldwide base metal sales, mm -hmm. so copper, nickel, cobalt, and precious metals. So, you know, they're very plugged in to that end user market. Right. And all the various forms of nickel. Right. Well, it's the all different forms they need to be good at because they, right. end sales, we're nowhere near that. So, again, coming back, I'm, trying, I'm just, I want to be able to walk away from this conversation and go, do you know what? I'm really clear about one, where the money's coming from, right. when, what's it going to cost, even if it's at asset level, not, not corporate level. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, what does what's this year coming forward look like for you? What do you? What are the milestones that you think, if you can deliver those, you've got a chance of getting this company moving? Okay, so um, first of all, how much? We think from where we stand to uh, being shovel ready is about 30 million US dollars. Okay. Um, and probably about three years. And, and that's including doing an environmental assessment. Yeah. Which is again another reason why the Chinese are building in yeah. places like Indonesia. Yeah. But in a place like Canada, you've got very high environmental standards. The flip side of that is if you're buying nickel from Canada, you don't have to worry about the ethical sourcing issues, which yeah. you might have to with. Uh, yeah, and again, lots of conversations around zero carbon and yeah. tax credits. I sorry, carbon yeah. credits and 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 the like. All all that I assume will come and be part of your messaging further sure. down the line. So yeah. thirty million bucks. Where's that come from? Well, uh, we're we're hoping that that will come from a strategic entirely, one hundred percent. No dilution for yes. shareholders. Yes. Okay. That's what we're hoping. Right. Any conversations? Now, we're having many conversations. Right. Meaningful conversations? Some of them, yes. Okay. Meaningful conversations. Uh, nothing that is what I would describe as material. Right. Meaning, you know, where you're at the offer counter offer stage. Right. As soon as things get to that stage, I won't be talking the way I am talking. But, right but they're now. curious. They're curious about what it is that you potentially have. The PEA is out. I get it. But it's curious about when you're ready to have a, another conversation with them and what more information you're going to give them other than what they know today. You know, is some that, of them, some of the conversations have been going on for three years, Matthew, and some of them have been going on for a month. So, right. You know, um, so, but nothing meaningful. Nothing material. Material. Yes. Okay. Nothing material. So. 43, 45 million market cap. Right. You you spent the money you've you raised earlier this year. We've got about 2.7 million in the treasury, roughly today. But, uh, you, but you've down tools for for the season, have you? 
that yes, nice? right. That's okay. Yeah. So you're going to have to trot out to the market pre-Christmas, post-Christmas, and say, "Have I got a, an idea and a plan for you guys? Right. Follow me into battle. Here's what it looks like. What's, okay, what's that message? So, 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 so backup plan. Mm-hmm. You do an equity raise, but okay. um, uh, we're really hoping we don't have to. Okay. So, you know, but I will always do whatever I have to do to drive the project forward. Right. I, you know, I don't, you know, I've looked at, at, at staying still. I, you know, I, I, I considered that and I just don't think it's the right plan. So. Okay. So you, you really are focused on the strategic. You're not just saying, because a lot of people come in here and they go, oh, we're talking to strategics. They're strategic. Nothing happens and they have got to crack on. They've got to raise money and they've mm-hmm. got to get on with the business yeah. of running the business. And that's right? entirely possible that could happen here. Right. Okay. So how, how does that? How does the Norrent deal make you feel? Because there, there's a, there's a project which I'd say is not as strong as yours. I couldn't right? believe it. <laughs> In the middle of a swamp. Yes. Where the infrastructure requirements are significant, even meaningful for BHP, uh, and they're going to do do build a little city underground. It seems exactly what, what, they're going to dig down through the swamp. Yeah. Dig out a giant cave. Yeah. And put the mill in it. It's, 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 which has been done before, but I'm sure it must it be quite expensive. Be yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, it's a swamp. You need to spend more than a billion dollars just to build a road in there. It's a very interesting thing. And, and, yeah. and I look at that and I go, huh. I'm things, going, things that make you go, hmm. I'm, I'm I mean, going, I'm, I mean, what does BHP see that we don't see? Yeah. What do they know that we don't know? It, well, I'm, I'm thinking water, I'm thinking environmental, and I'm thinking First Nations. Good luck on the timing. Maybe, maybe time because this is a multi-site. The thing with projects your, your, of your size and their size and and, and others is it's multi-decade, multi-generational mm. mining. So I guess the infrastructure can be amortized over long periods of time and, and the upkeep, etc. So that's something at least. But boy, that's ambitious. Yeah, um, you know, and 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 nickel itself. I mean, if you look at a forty-year chart of nickel. Um, it's very spiky, isn't it? I mean, it just kind of does nothing been. and then it just goes crazy for a couple of years and then it goes back to doing nothing. Um, in 2020 dollars, the average price over the last 40 years is $11 a pound. Exactly. That, 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 that surprised me once I saw that translation at $20. Oh, we knew that. And, and my belief is that because you've got this new source of demand that is growing and is going to be a significant long-term source of demand, batteries. Mm. Because of that, nickel this time, it'll get spiky and it'll settle back as it always does, but it will settle back to a new level in my view. Higher lows and higher highs. Yes. There we go. Um, Okay, so what is your view for next year in terms of what the market's going to do? Because I think we we talked before we started filming about what some of the analysts were looking or how they've traditionally behaved and traditionally forecast. Can you you see that changing? Is that going to give the market impetus? Because that information feeds into the JP Morgans and the Goldmans, et cetera. It's it's really difficult, I think, to predict a year out. Yeah. Um, although I will say that, you know, if you look at the LME stocks, they're just declining almost every day. Yeah. Uh, Bob Morris tells me that you can't buy briquettes right now. Yeah. You can't That's buy right. MHP, which That's are the, right. and those are the two most popular forms for battery makers. Mm. There's just none available. So things are getting tight in certain product areas. I mean, there's never a shortage of ferro nickel. Mm. The world doesn't need more ferro nickel. 
Mm. Um, but MHP and briquettes, uh, you know, so that's that's why we're we're looking very hard, and and in fact may uh, include in our pre feasibility. We're still not sure. Um, uh, you're adding on a circuit to turn our concentrate into MHP and sell that product directly. Right. Okay. That's okay. an interesting thought. I mean, um, we, 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 talk, we talk, we've got this weekly nickel show and we talk about nickel every week because we find it a very, very exciting okay. uh, commodity. And like I say, we need everything. We need all of it. We need everyone to kind of work out. It's just a case of, you know, do, does the kind of lack of ability for companies like you to get financed at these prices, does that sort of drag uh, the price of nickel up or, is the, or does the fact that the, the the current nickel situation, I say the inventories are running lower and lower all the time. Is that going to help your telling a story to strategics, to, well, the market or possibly going and getting different type of financing in place? You what, know, what's the, is it push-pull? What, what, what? Yeah, you know, you know, I think the strategics are starting to realize again that they're in trouble if they don't figure out their supply chains. Like, like it's, it's, existential. And so, you know, you can look at the world of large known projects and there we sit and there's the others, there's Norant. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, what distinguishes us is the pure simplicity of the project. So in terms of technical risk, it's as low as you can get. Um, we, we, we have good recoveries for this type of project. We have one mineral, pentlandite, that we're recovering. So mm -hmm. the metallurgical circuit has to do one thing and one thing only. Mm -hmm. Recover pentlandite, suppress everything else. Yeah. That's it. Um, we don't have a worry, right? We don't have, uh, you know, uh, uh, all sorts of uh, alteration products that require desliming circuits. We mm -hmm. don't have to do magnetic separation. Mm -hmm. It's just crush it, grind it, float it. Predictable, simple, low-tech. Um, and that is low technical risk. And that that's part of why we're getting a lot of attention, I think. Right. It, it, it is, but it's also high capex. Yes. So <laughs> hence the need for the strategic. That must limit the number of strategics because it's a, it's a big number, right? Well, yeah. Uh, but if you compare it to an HPL of the same size, I mean, you know, we, we, we model building it in stages, spending a total of 2 billion US. Yeah. The same capacity with an HPL project is three billion, so you're risking more money to get to the same uh, level of production. Yeah, and it's much more complicated. It's yeah. it's much more prone to technical failure. Well, there's a company, there's a company who perhaps don't like us saying this, but um, or, or won't like you saying those numbers. They, they've got a uh, sub seven hundred million dollar HPL project in Brazil. So maybe maybe it can be done for less. I I, I don't think it can. Have but they built it? No, but they've raised the money for it. So the so the assumption here is that the bankers know what they're talking about and doing. Okay. Okay, let's, that's an interesting assumption. Let, let's <laughs> <laughs> watching eagerly from the from the, from the sidelines. Okay, look, you've, you've it, I think it's been a sort of interesting watching brief your project from the side sure. because it has it has got the scale as in the simplicity of processing. You mm -hmm. just need to get absolutely one hundred percent focused yep. on the strategic partner. Right? Um, have you set yourself a timeline for when you need to do that, or, or do you revert back to the just the waiting game? You know, if Nick, if Nickel gets to 15, 20, yeah. easy. You know, I think uh, 
I think by the first quarter of next year, I'd like to okay. have something done. Yeah. That's ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I can tell you're skeptical. Um, I'm not but, skeptical. I, okay. I, 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 I don't judge. Okay. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> okay. So, um, but, but, you know, I can just tell you from what I'm seeing and the conversations I'm having, the interest is real. And I, 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 I just think something's going to happen. Uh, we'll see. No guarantees. We'll see. Well, yeah. we, we will see. And I would love you to come back on and, and tell if us it you happens, have. it'll be out of the blue. It'll be a complete surprise. What, to you? Not to me. <laughs> it'll be a complete surprise to you. <laughs> well, look, Mike, I appreciate you coming in. Lovely okay. to see you. Yeah. You're over for this conference yes. uh, in London. So you're here to see, who are you trying to, are you talking to strategics here? Or no. are you just generally shareholders no. more no, broadly? Just, yeah, just talking to shareholders, current and future. Fantastic. Yeah. Mark, thanks very much for coming okay. in. Good to see you again. Thank you, Matthew.